You are listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Luke. I'm not going to apologize uh, because time is is what it is. I have a good friend of mine that says what it is is what it is. Right, Charles? You heard that? <laughs> Turn with me to the book of Luke. This really is about a year's worth of, there's about a year's worth of teaching in the passages of the scripture we're going to go over in 45 minutes. An hour, maybe two, whatever it takes. But anyway, uh, I'm not going to apologize for trying to take up so much scripture because it is a story. I want to I focus on the story. It's just the story has so much scripture in it. But it's a story that we are all familiar with so you really don't have to look and turn and confuse yourself with the scripture per se as far as the turning of the pages but we're going to be in Matthew excuse me in Luke chapter 1 Luke chapter 1 and verse 26 uh, like I said next week we're going to be talking about Luke chapter 2 which is uh, the Christmas story and the reason we're going to talk about the scripture the, the word this morning this way is because I know that you're going to have plenty of time this in this season to hear about the Christmas story. And it's just that every time that you hear the Christmas story, I want you to have something that maybe you didn't have before to go along with it. Because sometimes we just train ourselves to hear the same thing over and over again and don't add anything to it. But how many people know that's when you start adding color that your picture becomes alive? And pretty soon you put shadowing on it and you get dimensions. And the more you, you add to something, the more real it becomes. And I believe with all my heart that as you grow in the Lord and hear the stories in the Word of God, and, and just not the stories, but the, the, the life that's in the Word of God, the more you add to it, the more it's going to be affect your life and the more real it's going to become. Because a lot of us, it's just dot to dot. You know what I mean by dot to dot? Back, back when I was in school, we just had dot, we didn't have computers, we had dot to dot. Connect one, go down to number two and go down to number three, and you'd try to see how fast you could do it to see what's on the page, and as soon as you knew what was on the page, you went to the next one, and you never colored it in. Well, see, that's almost like our Christian life is. We, we've, we've heard the dot to dot so long, we forget to color things in, and, and we, don't, we don't highlight anything. I, I tell you what, the Holy Spirit is the great teacher, and He'll make it come 3D. When the Bible starts stepping off the page and into your heart, oh, that's when you know the Holy Ghost has done some good coloring. You know what I mean? So we're going to hopefully uh, uh, do a little coloring this morning and give you some information or uh, maybe some insight you hadn't seen before. So here in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Now on the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. First of all, what you need to understand is Nazareth was not a big place. Nazareth is a small place. Uh, verse 27. Uh, was sent to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. We're going to stop right there for a second and talk about this portion of Scripture. First of all, you need to understand that, that, 
there are some things we're going to look at, but we read it just like it's just like we've read it before. Time, listen, do you really think she just sit there and went, hmm, I wonder what kind of greeting this was? <laughs> you know, this angel shows up, walks into the city, the scripture says, and comes to her. Now, I believe it wasn't, it didn't have big, the big wings. I believe it just looked like a regular man. But begin to tell her that she had favor with God, that she had found favor with God. And Mary is probably about 13, 14 years old. It really is immaterial, but it's somewhere about that age. And she's come, and, and, and you got to remember the mindset of, of, of the people back then. The, uh, Mary did not have, she never heard that she could be the president of the United States. She, her goal in life most likely was to give birth, hopefully to a man-child, so the family's lineage someday would go on. And that's probably it. Because she came from a little bitty place, and, a, and she was a little bitty girl with a little bitty vision and a little bitty mindset. But she had favor with God. All right, now let's look see what happened. And it says here that she, uh, let's read her response again. What's it say here? And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one of the Lord with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, notice what it says, saw? So that's one of your senses. You have five senses. Touch, taste, sight, smell, and hearing. She saw him. So in other words, her physical senses saw, not only did she hear, but she saw, but what she saw affected what she heard. And she asked the question, and I just like the way it says in the, King, uh, in the King James, what manner of greeting is this? It wasn't about what kind of greeting it was. See, it wasn't normal. See, when the Holy Spirit shows up or God's Word shows up in your life, something, not, something that's not normal is going to happen. See, it wasn't normal. She was so used to just living in the normal mindset, the normal surroundings, the normal lifestyles, the normal traditions. God has to come into our lives and do something contrary to normal to get our attention. Because if it's just normal, you'll never know that it's God. So we need to expect that something abnormal is going to happen when the Word comes. See, the Word is coming into our lives, just like the Word came. This, this story of Mary, let me, share, let me back up a little bit. This story that we're going to talk about this morning is, I believe, the very quest essential, the very, this story is the example of how the Word is supposed to work in our life, period, throughout. This, this one example of the way the Word comes into Mary's life and what she does with it on the inside, what she does with it on the outside, and to see it come to pass is the same way that when we hear the Word of God, we're supposed to receive it, deal with it in our hearts, step out in faith, and make it happen. It is the same thing. This is one of the most beautiful pictures of faith you'll ever see in the Word. No false doctrine here. No misconceptions of what anything. This no traditions of men. No church. All this happened outside of church. She didn't go to church to get this word, did she? All right, we won't go there. All right. Verse twenty-nine. But when she saw him, 
she was troubled. Do you think she was troubled? <laughs> I think she, what, the Bible says she was afraid. Let's read it. But when she saw him, she was troubled uh, at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was, because it wasn't normal. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Now, where's fear? Fear's something that takes place in your heart. The scripture says that hope is a confident expectation of good things to come. That's the definition of the word hope. Hope is the substance of things hoped for. Uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of the things not seen. And that hope will keep us sure and steadfast in the presence of God. And that very hope is a confident expectation of good things to come. Well, fear is a confident expectation of bad things to come. It takes just as much energy and effort to be scared at, that it does to be in hope. This is what are you looking at? What's moving you? I believe that, that if you're living a life of fear, you have a confident expectation of a negative taking place. And the Word of God can come into your life because the angel said, Be not afraid so the angel of the lord what you're going to see in this there's several things you're going to see but the angel of the lord before the word could get into mary's heart before she can make it hers before she could say okay this is mine fear had to be dealt with that's why the gospel of peace is so important to the body of christ and to the to this world we're not going to talk about all that till next week but you notice that the angel said fear not and then the word came See, fear had to be dealt with. Amen. Now, how many places did, did the God spoke? Said fear, fear not was told to Mary, was told to the shepherds, was told to the world. See, we've got to get the fear out of the world so they'll receive the gospel. They won't receive the true word of God with fear in their heart. Wow, that'll preach. Okay, let's go on. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and his name shall be called Jesus. He will be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. His kingdom, there will be no end. I'm not going to say anything about the millennial reign and stuff coming to an end. But anyway, we'll just go right past that. I said that for my, my friend in the front here. So, <clears throat> so here is the word of the Lord given to Mary, the Virgin Mary. Right? The de fear's been dealt with. She's now in a place that she can receive the word. She receives the word. Not only does, actually, the word is in verse 31, it says, And behold, you will conceive. Now, you need to understand, it's not, the Virgin Mary didn't have a miracle birth. The birth of Jesus was not a miracle. Does everybody understand that? Girls give birth all the time. Now, it'd be a miracle if a boy gave birth, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That'd be a miracle birth. But see, it, it, it wasn't the birth that was a miracle, it was the conception. 
See, see, a true miracle is when the Word of God is conceived on the inside of you. See, that's not normal. See, when the Word of God comes into you and conceives and, and it gets planted into your heart and it begins to build and grow in you, you can feel life coming forth, that seed, and pretty soon that life has to come forth and it affects you. You see what I'm saying? And begins to affect the people around you. See, that's the true miracle about this story is that the, the, the Word came in. And see, the conception is the miracle here. We're going to see that in a second as we go further on. It says this, and this is in verse 34 says, And Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? I love this part. I love this part because what she is saying was, She's confer, uh, confirming the part that she was a virgin. She didn't know a man. And what she's saying in this, and what is we need to hear from this, is that we need to... Listen, God's going to speak into your life things that you don't know how to do and how to perform. See, the reason He picked a virgin is because He didn't want somebody who knew how to do it. He wants people... He's called people to do things with His Word that already don't have experience on how to get it done. Because the way He wants it done is not normal. Because the only way you know how to do what you know how to do in this world is normal. God doesn't want normal. He'll take a little bitty girl from a little bitty place with a little bitty mindset and put in them a word that will tell them about how great their offspring's going to be and how blessed they are and how they found favor with God and their son, their firstborn son that they had that was conceived in them that had no that knew nothing about giving birth or or any type of help. Ah, boom! That's not normal. That's the way the Word of God is. There's going to be things God's going to speak into our hearts that's going to, that, that's, that we have an opportunity to receive. And I love what it says next. And it says, The maidservant of the Lord says what? Real simply, she said, Now, I like what it says before we said the maidservant of the Lord. Listen, the maidservant of the Lord, what's this tell us? That means she changed her identity. She saw herself different than what she saw herself at the beginning of the story. This little 13-year-old girl just, just, just doing whatever she's supposed to do in, in the life of normal in Nazareth, you know, counting sheep maybe, or, you know, doing something with grain or something. All of a sudden, this angel shows up, gives her this word of the Lord, and she brings it into her heart, and she now sees... My, First of all, she dealt with a fear issue. And now in her life, she goes, wow, I'm not afraid so I can receive the word. Man, if I found favor with God and if I'm highly chosen, and if, if God be for me, who can be against me? You know, wow, I identify with God, not with my surroundings. I don't identify with Nazareth no more. I don't identify with where I was raised. I don't identify with my, my, my things on this world that are normal, that are going to hinder me. Oh, the maidservant of the Lord. Her identity changes, and what does she say? Be it unto me that what you say I receive in Jesus' name. I receive the word of the Lord to come into my life and begin to change me. I receive, I accept. Remember what we talked about, the three A's to victory? See, you've got to accept. You've got to agree with God's word before it's going to take place in your life. You've got to bring your life into an alignment and agreement. 
God's just not going to do something on you and force you to do something. He wants you to have a relation with him, a relationship with him so he can conceive things on the inside of you so they can be birthed and the world's going to be affected around here. Now what I, what I love about the next part of this, and we don't have to read it, you know what it says next. The angel of the Lord told Mary about Elizabeth just to encourage her. He says, well, the, your, your cousin Elizabeth who is barren, who was barren, has given, who has conceived. See, she hadn't given birth yet, has she? No. no, it's not about birth of Jesus. It's about the conception of the Word. See, it was impossible for Elizabeth to conceive. It was impossible. Because she, her womb had already shriveled up and grown dead. But God had a miracle conception in Elizabeth and told Mary about it. And so Mary, being instructed by the Holy Spirit, used, the Holy Spirit used Elizabeth as an example, and the Holy Spirit says, there is nothing impossible for God. And so what does Mary do? Mary rises up, the Scripture says, and immediately left and went and hang around Elizabeth. Now, wait a minute. Here's a person that just got, who just dealt with fear, brought in the Word of God into her life, heard of somebody else that was ahead of her, six months ahead in faith. That's why I was so thrilled when my, my friend, Pastor John, walked in this morning. I mean, I'm so thankful. I mean, I, he, he doesn't... Listen, I have found me an Elizabeth. Not that he's older, but he is. He's better looking. He's got more experience, more knowledge. But listen, listen. See, God done something in my life, in my heart, and I need to hang around somebody who's six months ahead of me to encourage me. You know what I'm saying? I need to find somebody that I can, I can, I can. I need to get away from those others that see. What what would have happened if Mary would have stayed at home? What's normal? What, what, what's nor, you know what was normal when an unwed girl would get pregnant? They would stone her to death. And see, that's what happens a lot of times in our... In, uh, this is not an anti-family message. Family really is not the issue here. It plays a part in it a little bit. But listen, the issue is to get away from the people that will contradict what the Word says in you. And hang around the ones that understand the word in you. Because look what happens. I mean, Mary comes along and hooks, she, she comes up to Elizabeth. As the Bible says, she immediately left and she comes over to Elizabeth. Elizabeth already being six months ahead. Now, I'm not, I'm not a baby doctor, that's obvious. But Elizabeth, oh! as, as, soon as, as soon as Mary said, hi. Elizabeth, oh, oh. See, I don't, we just read this so, 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 so. Put some emotion into what this is being said. I, Elizabeth, here she is. She is conceived in her dead womb, a miraculous miracle. There is birthed in her the seed and the word of God in her. I believe, now there's no scripture. This is just, just my, I'm not telling you this is what the Bible says, but I believe that it was obvious she knew she was pregnant, but I believe she first felt, the first time she felt life, 
her baby move was when she heard and it said she was filled with the Holy Spirit and, and the baby leaped for joy see see when I hang around my friend John he motivates me he keeps me in faith yes I can do it I can go he fertilizes me but when I hang around him I, I excite him it does something in his spirit. It, something leaps on the inside and go, oh, I don't want to forget about that. You see what I'm saying? I mean, that, that, that's, that's what, the, th this is Christianity 101 here. You can't get a better example of how the Word needs to work in our life. Th th this takes, this, this, this take, you could teach on this for years. Yes, yes, yes. You really could. I am skipping over so much out of here just to give you the, I want you to understand the, the, the fullness of the scripture before you go, we tear it apart. And little, but listen, the first thing that happened to Elizabeth, oh, now, now what's Elizabeth say? You know what it says. I, I know we could read it, but listen, let's just, I'll read this part. You got to see what it says here. All right. All right. Chapter 1, verse 42. Then she spoke out with a loud voice. Hear that loud voice? The verse right above that says she got filled with the Spirit. Yeah. You know one of the things I see in common all the time? It's not when you're filled with the Holy Spirit you start speaking in tongues. I mean, that happens. But one thing I notice more than speaking in tongues, people get loud! They get loud! <laughs> they get loud! And suddenly, a loud voice from heaven. Elizabeth... Walk around being quiet, I think. Got filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, sergeant, you got loud. Does that mean when the preacher starts getting loud, he's the whole... No. It's just for effects. But see, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you got something to say. Right. You got something to shout about. There's a power in you. There's an energy that you can't contain. You got to let it out. I like that. Then she spoke with a loud voice, said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my the babe leaped in my womb, for joy, you need to underline this next verse. Blessed is she who believed. For now, there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her of the Lord. Got a question? If she wouldn't have believed, the things wouldn't be manifested. See, I believe, see, we're not going to get into it this week, but last year we talked about the camels are coming. Remember that? You know when I believe the camels got up and started their 700-mile journey? The moment she believed, the camels got up. See, I believe the moment you believe in the Word of God, your camels are getting up. Your provision to take you into the next country is on its way. Your provision that, see, once you believe, then things begin to take place in the heavenlies. God begins to go boom, 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 boom. But you got to believe. You got to believe. Now, well, I believe. No, listen to what Mary said. Look at her life. Look at the way the word worked in her life. She heard the word and she just didn't sit there and wait for it to manifest. 
Okay, well, if God said it, I'm just going to sit here and receive it. She got her butt up. Oops. She left and moved and walked in her faith and went hung around Elizabeth. Her belief made her move. Her belief caused her to have action. Her belief changed her insides. Her belief changed her heart. Now, wait a minute. How do we know this? Look at the next passage of Scripture. It's called Mary's Song. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in my God. Matter of fact, you're, you'll get that. We're not going to talk about that today, but you need to understand it says, My soul magnifies the Lord. Remember Psalms 34, we've talked about, Oh, magnify the Lord. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Okay? The soul follows the spirit. Verse 47 is, And my spirit has rejoiced. The reason your soul can magnify is because you're acknowledging what's been done in the spirit already. For he has granted this lowly state of the maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. Listen to her confession that's coming out of her mouth. Has she seen it yet? No. But she believes it in her heart. So that faith that she had that God was working in her life caused her to get up and do something about it and walk the way God wanted her to walk and confess what God wanted her to confess because when she went back to her... Listen, she stayed there for three months to help Elizabeth come to full term and manifestation of the word spoken to her. That's the importance. You need to have an Elizabeth in your life. And you need to be someone else's Elizabeth. You need to be, have someone that you can follow and that exhorts you and motivates you and keeps the word alive in you. And you need to be keeping someone's faith alive in them. That's the way it works. That's why we have generations and families. So the older ones can help the younger ones, and the younger ones can help the older ones. That's God's principle in life. I just hope you're leading them the way you're supposed to lead them. And not in the things called normal. Listen, when Mary showed back up three months later, she didn't have to tell nobody that she had a word working in her. She didn't have to tell anybody that she was pregnant. She didn't have to lie about what God was doing. She had evidence of what God was doing. She had evidence of the Word of God in her. She was pregnant with the manifestation of the Word of God that was bringing forth life and saving the world and paying the price for all man's sin. See, the, to me, this is such a beautiful story of how God speaks to us in our hearts. First of all, we need to hear a message that's going to quench the fear. Because the world has fear. It's called the gospel of peace. There were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And when the angels showed up, what were they? They were afraid. You realize, we're going to talk about this in two weeks, that there's 400 silent years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In all of the Old Testament, they weren't scared of the devil. They were scared of God. So when God spoke, see, see, if you're afraid of somebody, you might hear them, but you're not going to receive them. 
The children of Israel never received their God. They heard Him, but He was never in their heart as a whole, as a nation. They saw His ways, but didn't know His ways. See, we have got to be at a place. That's why here at the river, our message is the gospel of peace. Peace on earth and goodwill toward the Jewish people. Yeah. But all men. The reason that we have peace on earth is so we receive the word. And as we receive the word, we'll bring the word into our heart and we'll nurture it, nurture it cherish it. We'll hang around other people that have the word in their heart. And as you hang around other people that have the word in their heart, they're going to encourage you and you're going to encourage them. And as you let that word come to full term, matter of fact, in the book of Matthew, it says that when the word's planted in your heart and germinated, the first thing that was manifested is joy. What was the first thing that was manifested in Elizabeth? Joy. Hang on to your joy and you'll receive 30, 60, and 100 fold return. That has nothing to do with finances. I'm sorry. Does the principles work? Yes. But that's not talking about finances. It's talking about the Word of God being planted, being conceived in your heart. Let me show you how important this is. In, in the Bible, in the Word of God, you always hear this mentioned. The Spirit, He. He, the Spirit. The Spirit, He. In a masculine tense. Everywhere the soul is mentioned, such as in Psalms 34, it says, My soul shall make her boast. Right? It's in the feminine. So what do we get from that? When the seed of the he is planted and deposited into the she, it brings forth life. It germinates. The Bible says when the seed of the word is planted in the hearts of men, it will bring forth fruit. That's why it's so important for us to take the truth of the Spirit and get it into our hearts so it will manifest in our flesh naturally. We don't have to fake it like some people are. Being happy is just going to be natural because it's not normal. I tell you what, church, there's so much. There's so much to this passage of Scripture. Uh, there, 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 I, I don't even know what... I sat back in my office and for weeks I've wondered, how am I going to teach all this? I mean, I, you could take one verse at a time and teach a series on each verse. But I want you to understand the whole picture so every time you hear the message, the story, this season, you understand that it's just not... Listen, next week you're going to find out that nativity scene was just not for a season. The nativity scene was for an eternity. Okay? Isn't that good? I love that. Nah. See, I told them they need to make all the noise they can. You know when they're making noise, they're having a good time, right? When was the last time you heard that in church? Grab a bucket! <laughs> see, there's something. See, God wants to do something in each and every one of us. He wants to impregnate us with His Word. He wants to conceive in us, via the Holy Spirit, His Word. 
And when His Word is manifested, it's going to affect our lives first with joy. Your soul's going to be moved. You're going to be happy. When times aren't easy, you're still going to be happy because you're going to have faith in what God's already said. And you're going to get away from those things that may be trying to abort your Word. See, there's things you watch on TV. There's th See, what you need to understand is that when, El when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, is what the Scripture says, the babe leaped. See, what you hear will affect what's on the inside. See, some of us may be hearing that we're no good. Some of us may be hearing that this is just the way it is. Listen, if you're around somebody that's telling you that this is just the way it is, get your butt up and go hang around somebody that's going to tell you that you can have it different than just the way it is. Because as long as you're hearing that's just the way it is, that's just what you'll always get. Man, you need to hang around some Elizabeth. That's why, listen, I'm not, listen, if it was about church attendance, I'd put everybody under guilt and condemnation and start keeping track of every single person in here and make sure our number, listen, it's not about, I'd pay people to come to church if I want a good church attendance. I know some of y'all are going, hey man, how am I? put first on the road, pastor. I'll be there. <laughs> listen, it, listen, it's about getting the word of God in you. It's about you. That's why it's so important for you to come together and gather amongst the children of God, the people of like-mindedness, so you can be built up. You will die by yourself all alone. And what I mean alone is alone mindset. It's not, not talking about people. You can have a group of people have the same mindset that's alone and still fall into destruction. We need to get around people that have faith, people that see something different than what we see because you only get what you see. You will only be affected by what you hear. Elizabeth was affected by what she heard, what was inside her. You need to watch what you watch. Quit watching what you're watching on TV. Listen to things different. Choose what you're hearing to. Do what you know you're supposed to. You know what I'm saying? Walk in line, not because you have to, but because you want to. Oh, church, this is too empowering. This message of, of Mary and the sea, the, the, the beginning of the Christmas uh, season, is real simply just God's, this is how God's Word is supposed to work in each and every one of us. Every day. Now we've got a choice. You can hear God's Word and just keep listening to the same old stuff. Or you can hear God's word and say, be it unto me. And then go hang around people that have the same faith that's going to take you where you need to go. Or you can sit there and hang around normal and let normal have its way. And you'll abort that word and you'll come back next Christmas and hear the same message and go, oh, that same word again. See, there, there, there's an enemy out there called Average Church. I don't want to be an average church. Anybody here want to be average? Some people's goal is just to be average. Listen, I don't, listen if you're not average, you're in the best place the world can have. I mean, you're in the best place. Listen, Mary was a little bitty girl in a little bitty place with a little bitty mindset. The Word of God came in 
changed the way she saw herself, believed what the Word says for her to believe, gave her a whole new life. Listen, you're, we're still talking about marrying. We're still talking about marrying. We're still talking about Mary because she said, Be it unto me to the Word of God. Let's stand up. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory for what you're doing in our midst. Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. I hope in some way that, 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 that what was said this morning touched somebody and touched everyone in, in their heart. And it just wasn't information, but it was something that brought some life, something, something conceived. The purpose of the speaking of the Word of God is to bring conception, not an offering. Conception. I'm not going to ask to... Uh, it's not about a matter of embarrassing anybody. If you want the Word of God to be conceived in you, raise up both hands like this. If you don't want the Word of God to be conceived in you, don't raise your hands. But if you want the Word of God to be conceived in you, raise your hands. It's a simple thing. I know it's hard for some people to raise your hand in church, but guess what? It's okay. If you want to go to the bathroom in school, you've got to raise your hand. It's not that hard. I rebuke that religious spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Be it unto us. Say, be it unto me. Say it again. Be it unto me. Say, your word, be it unto me. I receive in Jesus' name. Get them, Holy Ghost. Be their teacher. Open the eyes of their understanding. May they never be the same. May they come out of a world called normal and be strange and peculiar. May they be filled with the power of yours. May they see their life different because they see themselves different. May they hear the word that they are called and chosen. That we're a chosen people, a holy nation. We're special. And when we hear that, it's conceived in us. And we see ourselves special. We'll walk special. We'll walk holy. And we'll walk as a nation. Your word in us. Your word in us. May we read your word and your word become in us. We don't fight the conception. We receive the conception.